Frauds is an acronym. The acronym is fear, resentment, anger, anger. unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. So those those frauds are all tied, sort of connected at the hip, if you will, with anger. And they sort of steal your identity. There's a balance of emotions, the feeling of feeling joyful, elated, thrilled, um, excited. And then there's also this feeling of satisfaction yeah. that may be bring happiness. And that satisfaction may be with family. It may be with life endeavors. It might be with sports or athletic mm -hmm. achievements. Let's talk about a new system. Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. little bit about controlling anger to help your health. Now we know anger is a very powerful emotion that can drive you to make positive changes. However, it is also a very powerful emotion that can be destructive to your health and to those closest around you. If anger goes on for a long, long period of time, boy, those things that can be observed in your health can be high blood pressure or high tension, headaches, it can lead to uh, stomach upset or acid reflux, or it can even lead to anxiety or depression. Well, we've got to get a hold of it, you know, right? Because, I mean, you mentioned at the top, anger is a natural emotion. It is. Uh, the Bible says, you know, uh, be angry and sin not, or don't let the sun go down in your anger. Just translated like this into, you know, layman's terms. It's okay to be angry as long as your anger doesn't have you. And then it's also important to not go to bed or close the day out if you're angry at someone, especially. It's okay to be angry about a situation sometimes because like in today's world, there are people that are very frustrated with things. But when it progresses to anger, it can progress to control not just your emotions, but it can cause a counter effect on your health. And that's not what you want. No, so the first thing we have to do is we have to learn to recognize whether or not anger is present. And yeah. if anger really is present, then we have to think about ways to control it. If you recognize that it's there, perhaps the first thing to do would be to go walk around the block and take some deep breaths to calm that sympathetic nervous system or that fight or flight because adrenaline is just rushing through your system. Yep. And that's what's causing all those negative side effects from high blood pressure, headaches, anxiety, and the like. Yeah, this is what, remember our book, Fork Your Diet? We, I do. We, on the cover of that book, book, you guys can is. see that. It says, Stop Falling for the Frauds. Frauds is an acronym. The acronym is fear, resentment, anger, anger. unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. So those, those frauds are all tied, sort of connected at the hip, if you will, with anger. And they sort of steal your identity. I mean, there's probably not anybody listening that's listening right now that hasn't either heard someone say this or said it themselves. I don't know who I am anymore, or because of this, I've lost my identity, or my anger has caused me to lose or forget who I am. Those type of things really 
do happen. We lose who we are when we allow anger or some of these other emotions to control us. That's right. So once we identify that anger is there and we go out and take a walk around the block to figure out why are we angry and we get to the root of the problem, oftentimes it's uh, a particular person that's giving us, uh, it has pushed us over the edge. What are some tips that people can do when they identify that they're having difficulty dealing with a difficult person? All right. So remember this, this is number one. And I do this a lot when I'm in the office talking to people. It sounds, it's going to sound weird. Some of you might've been there and you, you see me do this. I'll put my hands right here on my belly, just like this. And I will do what's called diaphragmatic breathing, which actually will slow your heart rate. And I try to keep my heart rate down when I'm talking to somebody in the 70s, low 70s, that's what I try to do as, as a max. So I'm actually watching it on my little watch here, but I'll put my hands on my belly and I'll do diaphragmatic breathing. What is that? I'm going to push the breath down. So when I inhale, my stomach comes out. My shoulders don't come up. When I exhale... Just how far does that stomach come out? A long ways. If you're good at it, you can push that abdominal muscle out. You can, you can even force yourself to have a quasi-looking beer belly by diaphragmatic breathing. <laughs> I haven't... No, I'm just kidding about that. So you can... Push it out, push it in. So if you keep your hands here, and you can even do that at night if you want to help yourself sleep. You can put a book here and try to raise the book up and raise the book down. I guarantee you it will slow the heart rate down. It will slow you from a stress response to a non-stress response. And your ability to feel the anger will also go down. You might be a little agitated still, but your ability to sort of become full-blown angry will go down. That's why going for a walk mm -hmm. can be so helpful is walking makes you breathe a little harder or not harder or breathe more than what you would be just sitting in a chair. So yeah. breathing actually calms down that fight or flight and it increases the rest and relax or the parasympathetic side of the nervous system. So yep. breathing is a good is a good way. What about somebody uh, finding an advocate or somebody that you can talk to about Maybe learning to express your anger differently. It's called a vent, right? <laughs> Everybody needs to vent sometimes, and it's okay. And uh, with that said, the greatest thing you can do, like I was reading a devotional just um, yesterday, I think, on, on venting. And um, it, it was tied to sort of God allowing us to vent to him. Well, that's true. We can If you want to yell at him, you can. I'm sure he can take that. If you want to vent, he can take that too. But the greatest thing that we can do to that is be the person that people can vent to or they can get hurt. You know, people want to get hurt. So I think it goes down to having someone to be able to talk to to bring some uh, a little bit of calm into your life. And I learned this in police work a lot, too. When somebody was angry, if you'll, if you'll lower your voice down a little bit in the middle of them talking loud, they will match you. But if you elevate your voice, over them, they will match you. So you actually can control the conversation a little bit, even in your own life, by controlling the tempo of which of how you speak and the level of how you speak and the tone of how you speak. It, it's kind of called verbal judo, if you will, but it's actually uh, verbally controlling a situation. And you can do that with yourself or you can do it with other people. Yeah. So anger is a normal emotion. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We need to understand the triggers, what's triggering that anger so it doesn't become explosive and destructive. So we can control those long-term health effects that it may have high blood pressure, anxiety, mm -hmm. insomnia, uh, bitterness, and the list goes on because oftentimes it's not necessarily what you're eating. It's what's eating you. Mm -hmm. And those tips about how to manage anger, you got to recognize that it's there. Go for a walk change your breathing, change that 
sympathetic tone and calm it down and maybe even find somebody that you can confide in to help you walk through a difficult situation and maybe approach a difficult person differently. Maybe look at it like this, ABCs. Admit you got it. Admit you have it. Um, B, believe you can change it. And C, commit to do that, right? That's very important to think about because anger can control you if you don't control it, correct? Absolutely. And then in terms of supplementation, there's a couple of things you can take to kind of calm the internal system. One is ma simple magnesium. Yeah. Magnesium well. kind of calms that internal fire, can calm the brain down, and so can GABA. Well, there you go. There's some supplements or some tips for you to help you and all of us not be angry people because we know anger is not good for the world when it controls the world. So we need to bring some calm. How about us make a commitment to be a little more calm? And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Hey friends, you already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life and we'll auto ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. I, there's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. And, they say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, 
we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people uh, get better. Their health is really going to return as a side effect of wellness. What is happiness? Well, happiness varies from person to person, and that's something that oftentimes people seek to discover or find. So let's talk just a little bit about what is happiness and what defines it. Well, happiness for me is being married to her. And vice versa, <laughs> How about being that married one, man? to him. That was a good one to start <laughs> with. Now, happiness is really, um, it's more than just a state of mind. It's a state of self, right? It's, it's emotional. It's physical, it's spiritual, it could be even financial. Mm -hmm. It's all those things wrapped up. We've got to remember that happiness is more than just an emotion. It's, it's, it's sort of a, a place of peace as opposed to a place of upset or a place of chaos. Yeah, so the, there's a balance of emotions, the feeling of feeling joyful, elated, thrilled, um, excited. And then there's also this feeling of satisfaction yeah. that may be bring happiness. And that satisfaction may be with family. It may be with life endeavors. It might be with sports or athletic mm -hmm. achievements. Yeah. So think achievement, think uh, conquest, think victory, think um, um, something you have like a possession can make you happy or pr produce the emotion of happiness. We got to remember in time though, that if the happiness is not sort of driven intrinsically the extrinsic or the outside in sort of motivation of happiness is sort of temporary. You know, like um, we talk about this with employees all the mm -hmm. time, right? So employees can be motivated in both ways. You can be motivated by money, which would be extrinsic, or you can be motivated by the achievement you have inside, which is intrinsic. Like you, you achieve something within that makes you uh, do really well at your job. And, but, but happiness as a whole is something we all need to sort of have a uh, sort of an intrinsic look at, you know, are we happy? If not, why not? Are we in a state of, state of peace? If not, why not? Yeah. So good points. So signs of happiness, they may vary from person to person. And there are a lot of different keys that might um, emulate someone is actually happy, like feeling like you're living the life that you always wanted. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, I was doing a broadcast the other night live, you know, it's like, you know, what makes you happy? And I think probably some of the things that make me happy is being able to see other people um, achieve something that they couldn't or thought they couldn't do. And we had a hand in seeing them do that. And to see that their deemed impossibility is now actually a reality, that that's kind of makes me happy. And then obviously when, um, yeah, you know, when you tell me I'm a good husband, that makes me happy. <laughs> when when God affirms how much he loves me, that makes me happy, right? Yeah, so other things like some people like to just go with the flow and they they have this willingness to take life as it comes. So different than the person that is highly motivated to yeah. an achievement to bring happiness. Well, some people are uh, risk takers, some people are risk averse, and so, you know, it's it, everybody's different. And and I think uh a neurotransmitter that probably would be related to this is the neurotransmitter called dopamine. Now, dopamine is this thing that's produced and it's excitability. It's like, 
everybody would understand like the uh, dopamine rush or the runner's high or the workout high or the achievement high. Sometimes that neurotransmitter is congruent with uh, the emotion of happiness. And so I think that, you know, when we look at that, we've got to think about activities that also promote the generation of dopamine, which would generate achievement, which would generate uh, at least a, a internal happiness. So that would be like living a life uh, that uh, is giving you meaning or purpose. Right. I mean, purpose, if you're not living your purpose, you probably know it. And if you're not living your purpose, you're not on purpose. But everybody's life has a purpose. And so are we fulfilling our purpose? And if we're not, there's and we know it, there's going to be a feeling of uh, uncertainty or, or a feeling of, of loss or lack in your body. So this whole idea of purpose needs to be pushed all the time. So we need to be checking ourselves and in the sense that, am I doing what brings me fulfillment? If I'm not, how can I change it to where it will? And if that doesn't work, maybe I need to consider doing something else. Yeah. Well, and if that internal happiness is there, there should be a sense of wanting to share that happiness with everybody else. Well, there should be. I mean, I think of a, a simple, um, again, back to a biblical concept, the good news, the good news of the gospel. You know, If that's good news and that makes us happy that we've got good news to share, we ought to share it. And so when we have something to share that makes us happy, we typically share it with other people. So we got to think about even in our interactions with people, what kind of information, what kind of conversations are we sharing with them? Does our information that we share produce happiness? Does it show happiness? Does it generate happiness? Or is it the opposite? Because, you know, I think they're both addictive. You know, you can get addicted to one side, you can get addicted to the other. You could be addicted to happiness, which I think is a good addiction. Or you can be addicted to chaos, which is probably not good. I'd rather be addicted to happiness and sadness. Oh, no doubt, man. You, or grief. Oh, but people are like that, you know. And so, but I'm not saying be overly, you know, false happy. I'm saying that, you know, to be honest about it, but we need to look at our own lives. Are we fulfilling our purpose? And are we truly living a life that produces the happiness within inside of us? Well, and then once we reach that point, living a life with true happiness, does, wouldn't that bring a sense of gratitude? I think so. I think um, gratitude is one of the things that we should be living with, you know, um, every day. Thankfulness, gratitude, uh, satisfaction, contentment. We're, really need to think about how we are living those things. It's okay to want more, but it's not okay to want more and not be content with what you have. That's a good point. You know, because you can always be driving for something really else, point. but not be happy with what you have. And so you then take it for granted. And that's not okay. That's like the idea that grass is always green on the other side. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's artificial turf. Yeah. So last question is, how is happiness then different from gratitude? Happiness, again, is a state of mind and a state of heart and a state of being. Gratitude is really a recognition of the good things that have been in your life, are in your life, or will be in your life. A little bit different, but I think that they go together hand in hand. I think to exhibit happiness, you probably have to understand some gratitude. And to have some happiness and gratitude together, and they go together, I think they almost fuel the fires of each other. Well, and happiness seems to me to be the opposite of anger. Happiness would have great effects on physical health, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. So to steal a line from the Jamaican friends, don't worry, be happy, man. Up next, our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. 
Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. Now that's true in our careers, spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot of information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with Drs. Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo, or just see the link below. Have a great day, and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God buyer for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night every this video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had. Jesus! Take the wheel! Just say it. No, Stop take it. the wheel! I got it. I got it, buddy. Hey Mark, it's great to be with you again. And um, we've all been talking about the globalists and their plans for a, a big global reset and what that means for, for a long time now. Well, starting on January 16th, for one week, they were all meeting the, the, the G7, the G20, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, um, all the big globalist policy leaders globally were meeting in Davos, Switzerland, like they do every single year. They had this confab, right? So what were they talking about, right? Well, before they even met, their notes came out, you know, the outline, this is what we're going to talk about to all you people that are here, right? All the, the globalists, and we've got Republicans and Democrats and politicians there. They're all meeting. And what are they talking about? What did they talk about, right? So according to the World Economic Forum website, these are the topics. And, and again, like I've said before, words have meaning, right? So let's listen to these words. They're, they're bullet points. They're going to address the current energy and food crisis in the context of a new system 
for energy, climate, and nature. They're going to address the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure, address the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. They're going to address the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new system for work, skills, and care. And they're going to address the current geopolitical risk in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. It's like, what's all this talk about a new system? Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally are now starting to issue central or going down the path of a central bank digital currency. Now, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. This is not what it's about. All that a central bank digital currency is, is cryptocurrency. It's a digital version of the paper money that they already print. However, so they can print just as many dollars as they want, right? Or as many yen or as many euro as they want. They can issue as many digital version of that currency as well, because there's no tangible backing behind it. So it's going to do nothing to address the inflationary pressures. But here's the deal, Mark. For, you know, the old saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay, nobody would want a system where your digital social profile, what you spend money on, what your religion is, who you donate to, what church you give to, what political party you give to, how you spend your money, have you been vaxxed or not vaxxed, right? All of this is part of our digital social profile. And if they don't like it, because it's programmable money, they have the authority to shut off your ability to buy or sell. This is what a digital social profile attached to a central bank digital currency does. So when they're talking about a new system, this is the system they're talking about. How do I know that it's not some other system? Because further on in their notes, they talk about how this, this is going to be a new normal, how they have to talk about a global coalition for digital safety, because there's big efforts that we need to tackle here. They need to talk about applying human rights to the digital world. Why? Because they know that their system is going to strip away our privacy, our freedom, and our rights. And so they need to talk about how are we going to tackle this when we're going to have a ton of opposition from stripping people of their freedom and their privacy completely. So this is what's going on politically. And all of our investments, Mark, are we are a combination of some puzzle pieces, the political puzzle piece, the economic puzzle piece, the social puzzle piece, right? They all get put together. And this is what I do and what we do at our firm is put those puzzle pieces together and strategically put together a system to get out of the path of this hurricane and safely reallocate to get out of the system where you're not just a digital number, where your programmable money can shut you off from buying or selling, right? So how do you do that? With tangible assets like gold and silver that not only have we talked about in the past how they're great investments, I mean, they're they're booming, but they're also in this respect, um, also instrumental in protecting your religious freedom, your personal freedom, your political freedom, your economic freedom, your health freedom, because it's private, they're private transactions. So, so call our office. You know, Mark, you and I talk a lot about this and, and every one of the viewers should give us a call because we can strategically map out. It's a free consultation 
your strategy for success so you can thrive. And all you have to do is go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Sherwood, or you can just give her office a call 720-605-3900 and say Dr. Mark sent you. Thank you.